Hello. Wow. You know, I wish I could just tell you, uh, other than saying, this is the Keys bartender from Key Largo. It is a beautiful day once again here in the Keys. The birds are all out full force. It's weird how it goes in the tropics. You think there's always be birds around, always making noise. And sometimes it's just dead silent. But now we have tons of them right now. And a lot of mockingbirds and things like that. Just kind of like a stereotypical movie when you wake up and it's a beautiful day. It's a blue sky and birds are chirping, light breeze. That's what it's like today. Not trying to rub your face into it. I know the rest of the country is going through, well, a lot of parts of the rest of the country is going through uh, some hell with the tornadoes and the storm system moving through central south into the southeast now. Not quite as far as we are, though. I guess the panhandle and those are getting it right now. Well, the way I like to start today, yesterday I'll give you a, a brief rundown on St. Patrick's Day. It was it wasn't crazy. It was busy. We went through a shitload. We went through all our Jamesons, all our Guinness, and all our corned beef and cabbage in six or seven years of working at this place I've never ran out of the trifecta I call that the trifecta corned beef and cabbage that other places it could be green beer and shit like that I had one person ask if we had green dye they wanted to put in their beer we knew that was like we put in the title it was amateur hour or amateur day someone needed to have a beer and they needed to have a green beer they wanted green dye and I'm just like totally I'm sorry. <laughs> the one person. The rest of them are drinking Guinness. And no one asked for an Irish car bomb. Hmm. There you go. See? Like I said at the end of yesterday's show, you shouldn't harbor any resentments. If you're holding on to it, letting it go is the best thing. Because there was no car bombs. And there wasn't too many ridiculously drunk people. There were a couple nice uh, young groups of kids that came in. When I say kids, anybody under 40, I call a kid now. The uh, There was three young girls that came in. Young girls. Like I said, they were in their th- th- 40 on down. And, you know, that's that's got to be nice for them. I used to call them young girls. They're real. They're like babies when they're in their 20s. I had a couple 20-year-olds, too. Well, we card them heavy. Supposedly, supposedly... The ATF is running a sting down here recently. I guess South Florida is ripe for that, if you think about it, because it is kind of the spring break capital of the United States. So they want to probably get on top of that. On the same note, this morning, I was just relaxing after a hard day. I'm going to the gym a little later, taking care of a little business. I decided to zip through Tombstone again, the movie Tombstone, Kurt Russell, Sam Elliott, a Powers Booth. I keep on forgetting that guy, guy's name who played Johnny Ringo. John Val Kilmer played Doc Holliday. But in the movie, it just brought back some of the things that I've noticed in movies. 
Now, there's always the bartender-centric movies like Cocktail or Barfly. It's not really a bartender movie, Barfly, because that bartender is kind of a douchebag in Barfly. It's a Mickey Rourke, Faye Dunaway movie. Uh, Coyote Ugly, there's one. But in a lot of the movies, there are peripheral characters, the bartender. Hardly ever the heroes. They don't need to be heroes. But you don't have to disrespect them and treat them like douchebags, right? There was a movie called 200 Cigarettes. And Ben Affleck played the bartender in it. A bartender in it. It was kind of really super douchey. Nerdy, douchey, pretender, wannabe whatever he was. Wannabe yuppie going... A guy in his last two years or postgraduate college and he's just a douchebag and then there's there was a mini series called Lonesome Dove back in the late 80s and Robert Duvall walks into a bar with oh who's, oh, who's the guy the, uh, Lee Tommy Lee Jones okay they're old Texas lawmen that decide to run uh, cattle from Texas up to Montana Territory back in the late 1800s. And they stop in a bar. Bartender's kind of a dickhead. He's, he's, when they walk in from, you know, they're, they're bringing their cattle and they stop and the bartender kind of disrespects them. He's telling them, like, you cowboys are bringing more dirt in than anything else. And Robert DeVal just takes his gun out and smacks the guy across the face with it. Backhands him. Knocks him out on the ground, you know, after he breaks his nose. And he says, you know, I mean, it was kind of an extreme reaction. He could have just gotten a little argument, but he just goes right to, to beat the bartender. And then I'm watching Tombstone today. And the bartender at the place, the Earps or White Earp, is running the Pharaoh game. I never really understood what Pharaoh was. I never really felt the inclination to learn. I knew what poker was, but Pharaoh, it's kind of like a blackjack, I guess. Something just one, one card coming up. And the bartender is there, and it's after Ike Clanton gets into an argument with Johnny, uh, not Johnny Ringo, with Doc Holliday. And Clayton's just getting real. The guy he's playing is really good. He's normally a tough guy in a lot of the other movies. The guy that plays Ike Clanton, he's kind of like a secondary character to Powers Booth in Tombstone. And Michael Bean was Johnny Ringo. Michael Bean was my, Johnny Ringo. I just got to remember that. So Ike Clanton's in in the saloon. He's not getting along with Doc Holliday. Doc Holliday won 13 hands in a row. Ike Clinton's calling him out cheating, but he really can't do anything because he's kind of afraid of him. So he's leaving, and and Sam Elliott and Kurt Russell and Virgil or Bill Paxton, who played it, Virgil or goes. I think he played Virgil or the other one. But Ike Clinton goes up to the bar, and right then Sam Elliott walks in, and Ike Clinton's giving shit to the bartender, saying he wants his gun back and his rifle when he's leaving. And 
the uh, bartender said, hey, you weren't cheated. It's just guy Doc Holiday won, and he just got backhanded by Ike Clinton. Ike Clinton, who right afterwards gets hit on the head after making a threat to the Earps, knocked out, dragged to the uh, jail. But Ike Clinton, the biggest pussy in the movie, other than that Sheriff Bohan, the county sheriff that has the derby on his head, who's always running around with a walking stick, never really enforcing anything. It's kind of like kissing ass up to the cowboys, the bad guys in the movies. And Ike Clayton's always, in the whole movie, he's, he's, he's starting fights. He's always, he's a fucking pussy because he's always starting fights. And then when finally there's pushback, each time there's pushback, he kind of backs off until his guys are around him. And really at the shootout at OK Corral, that's the one where you really see how he's always surrendering. He's always fucking surrendering. He's like the worst henchman you ever want because he starts his shit and as soon as someone says, well, I'm not fucking taking it, they start drawing down on him again. He just surrenders. Well, he beats the bartender. I mean, the bartender should have gave him. Someone has to, you know, Ike Clinton had to redeem himself and he redeemed himself by backhanding. The worst way to get hit. Backhanded. And it happens entirely too much. I realize bartenders can be douchebags. And you hear so many people try to... Nowadays, there's... Now, I don't know if it's anymore, but it seems like it's always okay to kind of disrespect a bartender. In Casablanca... I forget the guy's name. The Casablanca was the skinny, skinny guy behind the bar. He's always hitting on the girls and stuff like that, which is more classic bartender. And he's not expected at all. What's his name? Humphrey Bogart tells Sasha. Sasha's his name. I always get the thing. I always fucking remember Sasha. The girl's getting drunk at the barn, and he tells Sasha, hey, listen, take this girl home and be back in 10 minutes. Because he kind of knows Sasha, will, if he drops that girl off and she's drunk, that Sasha may go in there. You know, back then they didn't really understand that. Well, I guess they did understand, but they didn't make a big, uh, they didn't see it as wrong. That the girl had diminished capacity and Sasha would have stayed there. Kind of a douchey thing to do, once again. So, but there are other movies. I'm sure there's other movies. There's Cocktail and where. I, I'm not a big Tom Cruise fan, but I did like Coglin. The old, was it Brian Brown? The Australian guy who in the movie, and, and he's the old bartender, making bad fucking business decisions after he marries Nicole Sheridan. Right? But he's always had his rule, beer is for breakfast. It's one of the shit he said. You know, eating pizza, cold pizza, and drinking drinking a beer. That that kind of rung true right there, that part. Not the shit that Tom Cruise and Brian Brown did in the bar, flipping bottles between each other. Yeah, you can have a witty banner to each other. You have a fucking, you heard me say this before, you got a fucking crowded bar. Yeah, some people, I don't see everyone getting excited when the two bartenders you have to serve your customers are fucking putting on a bottles going back and forth, flipping bottles and shit like that, pouring a couple drinks. 
I wouldn't see my bartender working his ass off if I was drinking at the time. And another thing, stop blaming the bartender for being overserved. You got to be responsible yourself. You should, if you have a problem, you end up getting drunk all the time. It's you. It's not the bartender. If you, I had a woman last night have a pina colada, and she told me after she goes, "Listen, I can't drink all this. Can you make a little more mix and mix it up?" And that was pretty truthful. She realized. She says, "It's just too strong for me. I'm feeling it." And I said, "Okay, take it. I'll split it up." And uh, I'm making it extra. It, it's it's perfectly fine. Now I didn't make her drink any stronger than a normal pina colada. But next time, I know when she comes in, she wants a kind of half strength. So just because you see it in the movie doesn't mean it's it's a real thing. So disrespecting disrespecting anybody just fucking ridiculous. When you get cut off. Don't ask for another drink. You're cut off for a reason. And that one more drink's not going to make it any better. So that's about that for that. And I'm going to let it go. Yesterday while watching the news, I'm going to talk about something that's kind of a current event. This is William Hasseltine. He's the president of Access Health International. The guy's like 75 years old. He's always on CNN and he's their COVID-19 one of the COVID-19 experts. But if you ever watch CNN, this guy is always wearing a suit that's like the 21st, from the 22nd century. It's, it's one of these suits. He's wearing a jacket that has kind of like, almost like a Roman collar set up on it. And he's always wearing, it doesn't have the collar, lapels. And if you put the guy in, he's, he was a, a Harvard, I don't know if he was Harvard Medical. He was a professor, a, a research guy. He was involved with AIDS and uh, all this diff- different stuff. But he looks like every time they show him, he's in his office. On one side of his office, you'll see in the back of his right shoulder, you'll see a skeleton, a human skeleton. On the left side, on his desk, you'll see an obelisk which is, you know, kind of like a pyramid, a tall pyramid. You just think, what the fuck is that? Oh, and on the, that's that's on the left side of the desk. On the right side of the desk is a Saturn V rocket model. It looks to be about four, four feet tall. And then he has a shitload of books on a bookshelf running the length of his room. So he says, as you can see, shiny wooden desk. That's acres and acres of wood. And then right on the end of the desk, you see a conference uh, table. And I can see that the guy probably sits behind his desk when he's having a meeting and talks to the people at the conference table from behind his desk. I just have this vision because he looks like a fucking supervillain. He seems to be a nice guy. He comes off as a nice guy, but then again... All the Bond supervillains were like really fucking charming. I mean, Lex Luthor in the Superman ones was kind of a dick, always kind of condescending. Bond guys were kind of really charming. Blofeld. And, but he's wearing, in the jackets he's wearing are kind of like, almost like the Blofeld jacket. Uh, Blofeld was always wearing the Mal jackets, the Mal kind of clothes, but more light grays instead of 
dark gray, if I remember correctly. Every time that guy comes on, there's some kind of wacky outfit he's wearing. But I guess when you get fucking, if you're wealthy or super famous, you can do whatever you want. If you were, weren't famous or wealthy, they just call you fucking crazy. When you're wealthy, they call you fucking eccentric. Oh, this is an interesting character. Well, everyone's a fucking interesting character. I run into tons of interesting characters. But, you know, on a moving from that CNN, I noticed that the on social media, and yes, I'm talking about social media, I belong to different groups. And one of them is, a, I do a lot of podcast groups I belong to. And in the podcasting groups, there's recommendations on what kind of software you use, what kind of microphones, what kind of laptop, who do you do for editing. And, and there was a sound software. I'm not going to say the name, but you can figure it out just by doing it, right? Just by doing a little research. But the name of the company is also the name of a Zeppelin that was known in the early part of the 20th 20th century, the 30s to be specific, that was famous for crashing and burning. Oh, the humanity was the line in that. And I'm not going to say the name, because this way, if I don't say the name, at least I'm not liable to that company. Right? But it's crashing and burning. It's one of the biggest Zeppelin, the biggest Zeppelin disaster ever. And I think I did that right. You know, the other day I was trying to protect the anonymity of people and I didn't do it, but this one I did right. So I said, what a fucking horrible name. How are they running out of names? Because there's softwares, there's cryptocurrencies, there's tech, there's all these new things and people need to get names. And you notice that they're going through all crazy types of names. In cryptocurrencies, they're using a lot of stuff from Middle Earth. Like they're using all the elf languages. Like Elrond. Right? Or I'm sure there's Gandalf and all that stuff. I'm naming characters in, from Middle Earth. Now, if there's a company for that, that's their problem. I'm not mentioning them specifically, so there's no reason to get your lawyers on that. But I'll tell you, bring you back about 40 years ago. There was a diet company that had a chewable, kind of looked like a caramel square cube that you would chew, and it was an appetite suppressant. And they did a commercial, and it was right in the beginning of the 80s. And they had an unfortunate name that coincided with a horrible thing that happened worldwide. It was They used AIDS, A-Y-D-S. And one of the commercial was talking about, they started talking about Appetite suppressants, blah, blah, blah. And it says, lose weight with AIDS. That's all I have to say right there. Lose weight with AIDS. How far away are we from running out of names? Are people just going to... Well, no one's going to remember an event from almost 100 years ago. I mean, it was 80-something years ago. How about three island condominiums? Or... Someone that says, you know, years from now it's going to be COVID for an antihistamine inhaler. Yeah. Take the edge off of your breathing with COVID. Or Camp Manson, bring the whole family. 
Well, who the fuck's Charlie Manson? They don't remember anymore. It's the price of doing business, right? How about a family restaurant, a competitor? And this is over almost, it'll be 180 years or 170 years. The Donner Family Restaurants. You haven't had a party unless you had a Donner party. Now, do a little research on that. If you don't know what the Donner party was, then that actually may be a a good commercial for you because you can say, well, most of the people that would come to the Donner family restaurants wouldn't know what the Donner party was. So we really don't care. That's our name. It didn't change you guys. What was it, Richard Donner? He did some of the Superman movies and shit like that. So... Names are very important when it comes to, you know, identifies the company, makes it unique. People do that with their restaurants. I work at the Catch Restaurant. That's a mile marker 102, Oceanside. I'm going to throw a commercial in while it's open Monday through Sunday, every day of the week for lunch and dinner. Monday through Friday, they have a happy hour, 3.30 to 6.30 with great food and price. Uh, great food and price. Food and price. Great prices on food and drinks. This is when you free will. This is how fucked up you get sometimes. I'm sorry I said fucked up while I'm doing a commercial. But they do a lot of seafood and non-seafood dishes. And if you have your own catch, bring it in and they'll cook it up the way you want it. That's the catch restaurant and bar at mile marker 102 Oceanside. Just tell them that the Keys bartender sent you. Now the catch kind of makes sense. You know, got a picture of a mahi with a hook coming out of his mouth. And it's our local fish. It identifies it as a seafood restaurant. And putting restaurant and bar means that they have a liquor license. Truth in advertising. I never understood. Well, obviously, if you want to just be incorporated, you could just put Wentworth Enterprises. That could be anything. They could be a septic uh, tank removal company. They could make medical supplies. They could be a massage parlor, for all you know. But if you use the name in advertising, just putting, sometimes putting the name makes a lot of sense. You know, there was one place called Empire Carpets that kind of kept on. Kind of got a creepy guy doing the voiceover for it. I guess he was the owner. You know, call today or something like, stop in today or whatever, stuff like that. But it was such creepier than my voice. I know I have a creepy voice sometimes, but I'm not doing that. But I always thought, especially for local business, small business, you should pretty much put in the name what you do. So... Law offices, you know, Peterman and Peterman. They're the two partners in the law. Peterman and Peterman, law offices. Yeah, that's, must be, or medical associates or whatever, stuff like that. And you put the name as an identifier. Now, when I decided seven years ago, or eight years ago, or nine years ago, how long ago was it? Shit, I've been here. I don't, I don't recall how long ago it was. Maybe eight years ago, I started a delivery service. Oh, seven years ago. Let's go with seven. 
delivery for the keys. Now, on a base thing, you may think you just deliver something for keys, but no, for the keys. I'm not talking for the Florida Keys. It's right in there. And then they had the offshoot on it. Keys baby rentals. And in order to make it kind of somewhat humorous, we don't rent babies. So people would have to make a little leap in imagination. And that leap would be, of course they don't sell babies. They sell things or rent, uh, they rent things that are associated with young children. And that's where most people come up. They see that. See, Keys Baby Rentals. It makes sense. You're not going to rent babies. You're going to be renting cribs, high chairs, things like that. And unfortunately, that business was good. But when the online competition came and people were willing to do the job for half the price that I could really do it, I decided that it was not a good thing to compete. And then uh, Keys... I was going to do keys, transportation keys, something like that. But there was a lot of company. There's the keys shuttle. There's keys carriage. There's all these things. But I, I thought about that, and then the competition came in. Obviously, your Uber and all that stuff. That was coming down here on the weekend. So that was key, the keys notary. That's the final iteration of the companies. And there is online competition for that because there's... Now there's online notarization, but there's still notarization that has to be done in person. And I figured I'd put that, the Keys Notary. Immediately, when you read that name, what does it tell you? It's a notary. He's in the Keys. doesn't tell you exactly where the Keys, because sometimes people, I got a call from someone, or not a call, I got an email from someone. They wanted a notarization done in Key West. And they were from a service and he saw it was a notarization service and what they do is they go through directories and find a notary and send out the jobs and say, listen, we have a job in it. It was an hour and a half or two hours from the time they sent me the email in Key West. They didn't realize, I guess they don't realize, a lot of people, that the Keys are over 120 miles long. And I'm on one end and Key West is on the other. At least two and a half hours. At least two and a half hours. That's one way. So I wouldn't have made it anyway. And there would have been, a, besides the time it would take me to go there, park, do the thing, it would be a round trip. It could have been like six hours, seven hours. And they were offering uh, $45, 210-mile round trip. So uh, that was a hard no. But they don't know that. They just see the keys. And that's a difficulty there. But I didn't want to go and say upper keys. Upper keys notary, it's just like, I want everyone to look. So that's in the name. It's not misrepresenting because I'm at one end, someone's at the other. I put in the description when you go to the site, I said serving the upper keys. So that's north of Marathon, like down the, the Leighton and stuff like that. And I'm sure there's notaries there and stuff like that that would do it. So what's in a name? It's very important. But I didn't go and put, like, think of all the horrible names you could do for someone. 
I could do the Kaczynski notaries. I mean, if there was Kaczynski. If, God forbid, if some horrible mass murderer shows up with the same name, Haran, Jim Haran, the notary. What's the thing about putting your name all the time? I remember some guy up in Philadelphia put his name, he was a lawyer, and he called himself, he went always... He always visualized himself as kind of like a pirate and wanted to be like a pirate lawyer. And he called himself the Barbary Barrister, the Barbary Coast of Northern, North African Coast in the 1800s was called the Barbary Coast. And it was a haven for, at the time, it was a haven for pirates and things like that. But he called himself the Barbary Barrister. And I always liked that. It really didn't tell much to people other than they remember, oh, you're the guy that calls himself the Barbary Barrister. It's that one thing where you get to, you know, it's like we don't rent, we don't rent babies. I get that. But when someone puts a name in, like, the Black Death, there was a can of some alcoholic drink. My wife and I were watching a TV show or something like that, or a movie. Yeah, it was a movie. And there was a can of some, like, Four Loco, but it was a knockoff of Four Loco. It was called Slow Death on the can. And they said, wow, what an interesting marketing idea. You're going to sell it to someone and say, oh, yeah, this is going to kill you. I mean, I guess it's brilliant because in the end, the liability, someone says, hey, listen, I'm suing this company. Why are you suing this company? I'm suing this company because I drank four of these and then I got behind a wheel of a car and I got in an accident and I almost killed myself and a, a bunch of other people. So I'm suing a company. What, what's the premise for this? Well, they they didn't put a warning on it. They didn't put a warning on a can called Slow Death. And you're thinking that you're going to be able to sue them. No, you don't. It's brilliant. I think I think it protects them. It would be summarily thrown out of court. I love shit like that. Now, we're heading to the weekend. This is almost it for me. Tomorrow's Friday, so... I have the day off. I got to do some more business th- business things I have to take care of. I do appreciate all the listeners that we have. And Shelbyana, that's Shelbyana, Kentucky. I got to remember that one. Alcorn, Nebraska. Bay Village, Ohio. Bayville, New Jersey. Oh my God, I'm remembering the names. It's pretty good. I just want to thank you for listening. And if you do enjoy the show, please share it with your friends and family. And uh, leave us a review if you can. We're available on every platform almost, except for Pandora and maybe something else. I don't know. But you can find us at Keys Bartender, Florida Keys Bartender. And if you have any questions or anything, send me a question at jim at keysbartender.com. Thank you very much for listening. And I'm sending you off with a little of this nice music. Take care.